Yeah, quite a few. <laughs> like, they were going, oh, yeah, he was wasting you, man. Because, <laughs> like, yeah, you got to 15, he got diabetes, Parkinson's, now your tooth's falling out. <laughs> got a little update. I didn't know that. Yeah, go on. No, I'm not joking either. Like, when I mean, I've been travelling about, people have been talking about it. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's falling apart. And, like, it is true. But we talk about it, don't we? You can't hide it. Can't hide it. About it. Can't hide it. And I need the people to know. Mm. All five of our listeners. <laughs> so say that again, how many? I can't say for because <laughs> Five. Because I've got a big hole in me, front of me mouth. <laughs> I took one of me pills earlier and I put it through the slot. <laughs> you did, with your mouth shut, just pushed yeah. it through. So I am... Um, I've got to go to the a specialist this week where I've been told I'm having a bone density x-ray. Right. And uh, my front tooth looks at, like I got pulled out. What I would say is that I, my mouth is apparently fantastically healthy. I've never had a filling. I'm 51. got no gum disease, no receding, and I've had never had a filling. But this tooth got knocked out. Mm. Anyway, mate, what they've got to do is they have to take a lump of bone out of your jaw. Mm. They have to surgically remove a bit of bone and then plant that into the front of your mouth. That's amazing. Yeah, and so it grafts on over like three, four months. Then they put like a socket in that and then they can screw a implant in. Three wow. grand. Wow. Yeah, because the dentist said he didn't want to do a bridge because... Don't want the teeth are too good. He didn't want to file them down on the side. He went, your teeth are fantastic. Oh, so right. it's only part of me that it is. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah. So that's, that's encouraging. Yeah, it's all right, isn't it? But I do... Like, I keep blowing air through the front of my mouth. When are you having that done? Well, I'm having the assessment this week and then as soon as they can fit me in, I've got to have a wisdom tooth pulled out. Oh, mate. Yeah. That's a big old lump. Yeah, it's rupturing or something. <clears throat> but no... Um, <clears throat> Yeah, I'm going to find out this week. So. And you've got a new sort of voluntary role? Yes, uh, just, yeah, so there's a charity called Spotlight YOPD, which is the only young-onset Parkinson's charity in the UK. Right. And they've asked me to be the CEO after oh, cool. a thorough process. Yep. I had to be very careful about this because... <laughs> It's a voluntary role, mm. but I'm obviously super committed to Edge and CVM and, mm. you know, what we're doing. But, you know, I dropped a whole bunch of pro bono stuff I was doing yeah, to make space. It's like voluntary six to eight hours a week. Yeah. So, yeah, it's the only charity in the UK. I mean, there's only about 14,000 people with what I've got. Really? So, yeah. But it needs a bit of representing to the yeah. big boys, you know, and it needs yeah. some resources. And, yeah. And obviously there's a global community as well, which I'll be part of, and the World Parkinson's Congress and everything. So, yeah, wow. it's dead interesting, man. So you will go to a few of their big meets? Yeah, I mainly took the role because I think most of them are in the Bahamas. Oh, so yeah. I'm like... I Makes know, sense. Actually, I think... No, they're not. But I will be travelling a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, a little bit. Only when I can. Yeah, of course. Because obviously I've got me uh, paid work and... Yeah. But I'm passionate about it, mate. <clears throat> yeah, well, of course, man. It's important. And it's one of the things you're good at, I think, is raising that sort of, not excitement, but awareness and yeah, not a gob on a stick, but you know what I mean. You're good well, at maybe stuff. a bit. Yeah, stuff. creating movement and creating passion. And yeah. 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 Probably ruffle some feathers, but that's what we do. That's okay. Cause that's, that's all right. You've got to break eggs to make an omelette one. Oh, I oh, said mate, that scrambled one. eggs. 
Yeah, I don't eat eggs I'm, at I'm all. Not, I'm not even breaking eggs or making a smoothie. I'm scrambling them up. Don't you eat eggs? I don't eat eggs at all. It's been months. Why? Tell terrible, me why. I had terrible indigestion. In, <laughs> no, not indigestion. Flatulence? No, digestinal cramps. Di- like pain. pain Digestinal? <laughs> Di- That's a what word. are they called? Digestion. Stomach cramp. Digest- Digestive system. Yeah, but surely that's a word, digestinal. <laughs> it don't sound like a word that I've said it. Let's make it up, like the Germans, they make up words. Well, I've had them, digestive. <laughs> I can't even say Yeah, that. Marlene, I've got digestinal cramps. <laughs> Pass me the Bombay mix. <laughs> and an alcohol, so I'm not saying hangover, I don't know. Rennie, Rennie. Rennie. Give me a yeah. Rennie. Pass, uh, yeah, pass me them, uh, what are they called, them... Uh, them peanuts with the minty ones, no minty, chilli ones. Bombay mix? No. What are they, like wasabi. Oh, yeah. give me the wasabi And pass me the wasabi and a Rennie. Yeah. <laughs> I've got heartburn <laughs> and a double-decker. <laughs> yeah, Coke Zero. Yeah, Coke Zero. Lovely. That's a great lunch. Uh, double-decker and a Coke Zero. Oh, yeah. We're on the road. Yeah. Double, I think yeah. If you're, for road trips, I think... The chocolate of choice is a double-decker or a boost. Uh, I'm glad you said boost. I've just oh, gone back to boost. Have you? Yeah. Mm. Do like a boost. I'm a bit of a double-decker guy. Yeah, yeah. the new guy with the firm base is a good combination. And was, not too sickly. I was with someone once. I can't remember who it was. We pulled up a garage. I had to put some diesel in the truck. Mm. And what has he said to me? I said, do you want to out of the garage, mate? And he, he said, like, I'll have a... It was something like an obscure chocolate bar, like a I'll have a caramel white chocolate boost and a cherry diet Coca Cola. Oh, but it wow. came off, you know, when someone goes yeah, like, Yeah, he knew it. He knew it. And he went, Oh, I have quite a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you ordered that before, brother. Yeah. Hey, mate, we were talking earlier. Well, hang on, I ain't finished my egg story. Oh, go on. I've quit eggs. About eggs. I've, I've quit eggs. That's it. No, really. yeah, but why? Oh, well, you had intestinal. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Digestive issues. But just stomach ache, and I thought, my wife said to me, try not eating eggs, and that cured it instantly. So you're off eggs, steak and bacon? Yeah, don't touch steak, bacon, alcohol, don't really drink milk. I like sparkling water. I like sparkling water. No, I don't have a lot of milk. I have to watch that. I don't have a lot of milk. I don't drink booze. See, I I don't have tea or coffee, so my only caffeine... You're more like a monk than me. I thought I was getting quite ascetic. My, uh, my only caffeine is energy drinks. I do like a monster, and they're probably the worst thing for you. It's probably like having six coffees, isn't it? Probably. But I don't have any alcohol. It's been. There are some of these drinks, you can't get them in this country. There's a, there's a stimulant drink you can get. I think you can get it in the States. Let me just look this up. Mm. There is some um, stimulant drink. It's got like a drug in it. Is it? Like yeah. an addictive drug? Yeah. Um, uh, it's not taurine, it's something else. Um, uh, oh, I can't find it now. Mate, while you're doing that, I just opened my laptop on a, on a new song I'm writing. Listen to that beautiful listen. Oh. That's nice, isn't it? Rain in the background. 
Is that all of the effects thing? Yeah, so I've got, uh, got some effects. I'm going to have to try and dig this out, but it's not... Um, there's a, You can't get them in the UK. They've been banned. But they've banned got some kind of like... Energy drink in the US. Yeah, I can't... Prime Energy? No, no. It, it, they've got like a stimulant, like a, a drug in them. I couldn't... I couldn't believe it when I found out. Um, what that's in them? Yeah. Uh, oh. mm. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to look this up. Another. Anyway, um, it is amazing what people are putting down their necks. Like, it's, it's nuts. Because um, it triggers cancers or, or what we... changes your brain, man. It's like really? a... Like liquid drug stimulant, like you can just get it over the counter. Um, um, anyway, all right, well, I'll have to look it up. I'll, I'll, I'll um, we'll talk about that another time when I've actually found it. You were going to say something, and I interrupted with my egg story. Talking of weird stories, mm. you, my, I woke up this morning. Yeah, um, Karen's first words to me were, um, "Have you seen this worm?" <laughs> Is in a woman's brain. Yeah, I'm just I'm just digging that story out because that was nuts. You mentioned it to well, me. Well, I was just, just reading it before we went live with the podcast. Basically, she was complaining of depression and headaches, obviously, um, and memory loss and other other sort of yeah issues that you wouldn't attribute to a worm being in the brain. And then the neurosurgeon opened up her head. And she says, I touched one area of the brain and was like, just at the front right here. She was like, that didn't feel right. So she kept probing and saw the end of something <clears throat> and got it with her tongs and pulled it out. Eight centimetre worm. I've got footage of the... Immunologists, infectious diseases specialists. And by the time we'd got to her, she was about to have escalation of some psychiatric treatment. She had a CT scan performed and then an MRI. And immediately mm. you could see that there was this distinct abnormality on her brain She's that was not. changing rapidly over time, over a number of weeks. And so we made a decision after canvassing widely, had anyone seen anything like this before? What should we do? It was certainly something very different to our textbooks of parasites in the brain. And no one had seen anything wow. similar to this case. Imagine that, you're a so surgeon. We and decided I... to do an open biopsy after counseling her. You come across um, a worm. We the brain originally, what we saw was... Your regular abnormal, slightly greyish maybe brain, and we took a few millimetres of sample. But then I used my tumour holding forceps to lift out what was there, and to my shock, there was a linear, wiggling red uh, line. And my registrar said, "Is it an artery?" And I said, "Of course not, not here." But I looked, and once that all passed, we could see it was moving. I just saw a picture of it here, mate. It's a moving worm. It looks like an earthworm. And rapidly passed it off to the. Surprising for oh, us. Look at um, that picture of it, mate. We're used to it all when we yeah, just it's massive, mate. Surgery, <clears throat> <neurosurgery>. <clears throat> that, imagine that. <clears throat> so, but isn't that amazing? That actually affected, like, yeah. it was given a depression. Like, it wasn't given her headaches. Yeah. She's getting psychiatric problems. She's got a chopping worm wiggling about in the brain. What, how, how's there space in the brain for that? In my mind. Well, it's just my... wiggling, it's digging all around in the matter. It's like. Oh, oh, mate, the more like, you think about that, the horrible it's like, it's it is. like you're walking around it all the time, you've got like a worm. Think how far brain, uh, worms travel in the dirt in your garden. 
It's growing because it's feeding off her. It's eating her brain. Oh. It's like a zombie type thing. And wastage must be coming out of yeah, the worm in yeah, your brain. In the brain. <clears throat> no, it's your waste. It's like eating the brain up and it's all going through the... Rotten brain cells. It's coming out the end. All your old chewed up brain cells. Obviously, this is a deep medical analysis, analysis we're giving here. Yeah. But all Can fact. Factual. <laughs> Speculation. Yeah. Do you remember that TikTok oh, channel yeah. we had? If we, if we get, how well, how, how f- much did that account grow? The beauty, I don't know, because I took TikTok off my phone, but the beauty oh. of that was we only sort of dabbled when we travelled, didn't we? we? What did we call it? I'll look it up now. Wasn't it like speculation or something? No, we didn't We didn't call it speculation, did we? We called it... Um, what did we call it? Uh, we, oh, yeah, we put these videos up and we just got hashtag speculating. Yeah. Because it was all fake news. But because we thought there was a real was move it, Was of, it a conspiracy thing? Uh, end times? End, end times. Uh, uh, what was it? <laughs> I can't remember. Uh, it was so good, though. Was it end times? Let's have a quick look. Users. Last Days. (laughs) Was it called The Last Days? I don't know. No one knew it was us. Uh, Is it Last Days? I think it's The Last Days. Let's check it out. I I hope it's not lost to us. You're not going to be able to find it, are you? No, we got it, mate. We got 19 followers. Oh, you found it? I found it. Our biggest video, 2,000 views. No, 4,000, nearly 4,000 views inside the cockpit of a crashed aircraft. It's in a museum, isn't it? <laughs> Abandoned nuclear power station. It was a, it was like a, it was a fully working electrical yeah. power station, I think. Yeah. And people put comments on it. Power station. <laughs> <laughs> Someone put, not abandoned. EDF Energy, Edinburgh. <laughs> he's only Edinburgh. Tornus is not abandoned. It's been decommissioned. <laughs> not uh, nuclear or abandoned. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> fantastic. Oh, there's one where we were chasing a three-wheel car. <laughs> car in cross-country chase. Five likes. He's <laughs> <laughs> quality. Oh, Wasn't one absolute. like, I woke up smelling... Clomaldehyde or something. Oh, yeah, no, no. Oh, it's gone. Don't think it's gone. What? Take it delayed. Oh, no, here we go. Woke up in an abandoned hotel. <laughs> Strong smell of formaldehyde. <laughs> formaldehyde. <laughs> One comment. Nobody's safe. Someone... <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that like the Premier Inn in like yeah, Dundee or something? Yeah, but it had a lot of views. Yeah, we basically faked I every video. I think that Ibis. Oh, we had Chien for men, which I got from Lidl... Uh, deodorant. Have we said 45p deodorant dissolves chocolate. We spray it on the chocolate. 45p deodorant dissolves chocolate. <laughs> 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 nothing happened. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> it's like little. Nothing happens. Two comments. I'll eat it, hand it over. People get involved. It's they incredible. Got involved. How did you find that? What's it I called? Just put in the last day. Uh, there Is you go. Look. The last days. No. Oh, oh, right. Underscore. Oh yeah. dear. 
So good. So if if you are interested, what's this silly one? Ducks suddenly all left in a line. What do they know that we don't? <laughs> well, that's where it started. We 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 were sitting at the riverside at the gathering. Mm. Oh, one's got seventy four likes. A load of comments. Friari Testarossa discovered in barn. Oh yeah, I think it is our mate's garage, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> inside the cockpit of a crashed aircraft. That was getting hearts, RIP. Yeah, the thing was, it was a crashed aircraft, but it's now in a museum. We just missed that bit out. We just filmed it deliberately. So it was can... an experiment to see how people react, wasn't it? I think they're trying to hide in here. <laughs> <laughs> it just, and every hashtag was hashtag speculation. Yeah. Government hiding. Speculating. Things. Hashtag speculating. Oh, it's funny. Yeah. We'll pick that back up because we're going on another road trip. Yeah, France coming up. So Mm. October. Belgium. Belgium, France. It's being Mm. planned as we speak. Um, And we're going to do something in time for the Remembrance Day in November. Uh, And it's something we like to do, isn't it, mate? Get out there, look at the memorial. Yeah, because we had a couple of years where we couldn't get out there. Now, Mm. you know, um, we're very keen to get out on the road. We might do some podcasts, do some interviews, do some resource filming. We did it on the motorbikes about 10 years ago. It's going to be a lot easier, this now. Yeah. Hard going on the motorbike. Yeah. I mean, it's great, but you can't talk. You have to pull over to chat, didn't yeah. you? And of course, yeah. you have headsets, but they don't, they're not brilliant. Nah. Um, and you are, and you, you boys rode out a year or two after, and it rained, didn't it? Constant. So you are, yeah. And that's when my mate went through a hedge. Yeah. That's funny, though. Did he come right off? Did he drop right to the... Mate, we were, we were tanking it, so it's... Full on hardcore riding, mm. and I was, I was dropping around the right hand bend, second gear, oh. quite tight, foot revving hard, and I just looked, caught me, and I looked in the right hand ring mirror, and my mate Graham, he just went straight on, oh, straight through a hedge. It was hilarious. Wow, I thought he was dead. So I went on and I saw him coming out covered in sticks and bramble and mud everywhere and oh, cut his hand open. He snapped a couple of bits on his bike. But I died just laughing. Wow. It was so funny. Was his bike rideable? Yeah, we had to get a spanner and strap it to the rest of his gear lever and bend out his... Uh, yeah, Clutch. Yeah, that was all right. Yeah. Yeah, funny. Yeah, very funny. I mean, he didn't think it was funny. No. Then we had to pull up and we had a ham sandwich and um, look over it all. But actually, that was one of the moments where I realised I wasn't that well because yeah. I, I was, did not get any adrenaline boost at all. Really? Flatlining, yeah. Something no dopamine. Me, no dopamine. Same with me, brain. Talking of um, yeah. speculating, hmm. um, there's. Uh, some key verses in the Bible, weren't there, we were going to look at around mm. um, false teaching mm. and uh, people saying stupid stuff. Because we, I started looking at this guy, the Holy Nope, mm. on Instagram. I thought yeah. it was quite good. Um, and we were talking about um, the proliferation of people coming up with weird yep. and toxic teaching and leading people astray you know and, um, I mean there's so many verses in the Bible about it I'm just going to try and do, do one of them up but 
And there's loads of stuff on the internet around this stuff as well, aren't there? Um, let me find this. What is this verse I was looking at, mate, earlier? Uh, oh, let's find it. Teaching encourages these things. If anyone teaches false doctrine and does not agree with the sound teaching of our Lord Jesus Christ, with the teacher that promotes godliness, he is conceited and understands nothing, but has an unhealthy interest in disputes and arguments over words, and from these come all kinds of horrible things. There's a verse in Matthew as well. Mm. I'm just trying to find it. Uh, where was it? I had it earlier. Let me just get this, mate, because it's quite a good one. Yeah, mate. You can always edit this, can't you, mate? Yeah, of course. Just close the gap. No, I mean, we leave it running. It's what we do. It's natural. Mm. Where was it in Matthew? Uh, let me just go. Oh, this is Matthew 6, not Matthew 5. Oh, yeah. Matthew seven fifteen. That was it. It's close. <coughs> Be on your guard against false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing. Mm. Are inwardly, but inwardly are ravaging wolves. You'll recognise them by their fruit. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? In the same way, every good tree produces bad fruit, but a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit. Neither can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that doesn't produce good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire, so you'll recognise them. Not everybody who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only one who does the will of my Father. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Drive out demons in your name and do many miracles in your name. Then I will announce to him, I never knew you. Depart from me, you lawbreakers. Mm. Yeah. But there's loads of it out there. And the question is, is spotting it, knowing it, mm. and what is it? I mean, we were, well, I get particularly wound up. I mean, I've got friends working in some of these arenas, so I know I'm going to put mm. myself at odds with some mates here, but I think this the whole style of church that we've got, mm. in some circles, not, not everyone, yeah. but if you build your church on hype yeah. and you build your church on a big financial model, which comes out with prosperity stuff, but if you build it on hype and you build it on you being the main man, the teacher or woman... And every week you're like the prophet, the apostle. Mm. And every week you have some fresh revelation yeah. to keep people coming back. Yeah. Dangerous territory. Yeah. Because you're going to start coming up with rubbish, aren't you? Yeah. And then I think you get desensitised over time. Like you start to accumulate a bit of money, you get a bit of reputation, then your lifestyle changes and you need to keep that reputation, you yeah. need to keep that money, you know... And, and like we're in this narcissistic age where it's all about being on the platform and yeah. being known and yeah. being a dude. Like it feeds a really toxic, deadly, deadly culture, it I does. think. And rubbish teaching, mm. bottom line. There's those videos. So one video in particular, <clears throat> and I'm sure you've seen it, of Kenneth Copeland. Oh, yeah. Where he's talking about jets. And mm. he bought... The, I'm in a tube for the demons one. Yeah. He gets, yeah. He gets questioned yeah. by the way, and she said, he, and he, he loses his wag, doesn't he? Yeah. See if I can play it. Um, so this is the full interview, but 
I mean, we'll just play. We'll try and speed through just to the bit we want. Um, Thank you, sir. We'd just like to ask you. So he's super aggressive. <laughs> you kind of caught me off, go. All right. Isn't that the business of your donors? Fishing. I pay. <laughs> you kind of caught me off guard here, okay. It's spooky as well, mm. the way he looks. I'll have a video on the screen for anyone on YouTube. Catch your breath and, and have a conversation. We don't, want to, we don't want to catch you off guard. I love Inside Edition. You got to get this now. Hey, you listen to me? My, my wife thinks Inside Edition is... Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, thank you, Lord. Help me. Just, let, let me pray. Well, let me, let me just ask you a really simple question. A lot of people think it's unbecoming for a preacher to live a life of luxury and to fly around in private jets. What's your response to that? Very simple. It takes a lot of money to do what we do. We have brought over 100, let's see, this, the latest figure just came out, uh, 122 million people to the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me give you another example. Last May, I was scheduled for Lagos, Nigeria. So he talks a, a bit. Ways. Well, let me ask you. Do you think that people that fly commercial are demons? Give me a chance to talk. Oh, yeah. I'll explain this to you. But it's a biblical thing. It's a spiritual thing. It doesn't have anything to do with people. I wonder if he's already lost his temper at this point. He might have done. I love people. Jesus loves people. But people get pushed in alcohol. Do you think that's a good place for a preacher to be and prepare to go preach to a lot of people when somebody in there is dragging some woman down an aisle? It, it made me so mad to see that on television. I wanted to punch a guy out myself. I can't be doing that while I'm getting ready to preach. So you just don't like to be around the sinful people or the, the hurtful people. Is that what you're saying? Not the people, baby. Not the people. Back during the day. Let's find a bit where he loses his time. Yeah, I'll try and find it. I'll try and find it. <sighs> he gets really cross, doesn't he? No, he really does, yeah. Gets in the face, doesn't he? Yeah, it's weird. Again, getting back to demons, do you really believe that human beings are demons? No, I do not. There you go. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Do you ever... Do you ever use your private jets to go visit your vacation homes, for example? Yes, I do. Okay. Again, getting back to the comment, you said that you don't like to fly commercial because you don't want to get into a tube with a bunch of demons. Do you really believe that human beings are demons? No, I do not. And don't you ever say I did. We wrestle not. Oh, <laughs> See the way he changed then, he tried to get a grip. He was fuming, wasn't he? He's boiling under the skin, yeah. Yeah. So this is a guy which is obviously pushing a lot of prosperity teaching. I Googled him and it said last year he was America's richest pastor. He's now 86. 750 million estimated worth. Wow. Bible colleges, churches... And you kind of look and go, how's he allowed to carry on? How's he allowed to do what he does? 
in God's economy and God's system. And I guess that verse in particular is an eternal perspective, right? I mean, there is going to be a time when he is sifted and weighed, I guess. But it don't feel right, does but it? It don't feel right. Here we are sitting in stably. Well, know, yeah, people are sacrificially living their yeah. lives, living amongst the poor, not taking offerings, trying to do everything <clears> for free. Um, it don't feel right. And I've seen some preachers, we might need to explain what prosperity is, but we, some preachers, where they're literally boasting, I have the biggest house in this town, mm. I've got 15 cars, I'm mm. on my third jet, because God has blessed me. Mm. And everyone, all these poor people are sitting there going, oh... If I give, then I'll get that. And if I follow this one, I could be like yeah, him. And yeah. and actually, it's not about laying down your life. And Jesus died for me and rose again and paid the price for my sin. And mm. it becomes about becoming a better you mm. and, and having the things of this world. So you've got, like, Western Christians praying for a new white Mercedes <laughs> and hot tub. You've got some Christian in Afghanistan hoping he can find a bit of tin roof to put over his hut yeah. to shelter, shelter his kids. Yeah. Yeah. Where did we get it so wrong, you know? Yeah. And they're the false teachers are like wolves coming in, like that scripture just chewing people up. Yeah. This was blatantly wrong. Yeah. Let's see if I can um Well, there's an interesting It'd be interesting to go through this because for for our sort of audience, the immediate sort of parallel is well, I'm not a prosperity preacher, teacher, and I'm not sitting under one, or I'm not following the teaching of one. Mm. So what what you know, what's the takeaway here? What, what, but I think part of it is feeling the burden or the grief of it that yeah. these people are out there selling the gospel. Yeah. And actually, if you don't feel grieved or moved by it, then I think something's wrong. I've got a video I'm going to play to us in a bit about that, but <clears throat> let me find that one. But we just, we see this stuff, don't we? And it, it's like... It churns you up. You think, no, what, what are you doing? Like, and how do you, I guess how do you be a voice against this stuff is another question we want to kind of... Yeah. What are you looking for? I'll just see... Um... $45 million airplane. Yeah, but you don't know what I paid for it. <laughs> this is from a pulpit on a Sunday. Nowhere near that. But it's the same airplane. <laughs> and Gloria designed a new interior for it. Sonny boy. <laughs> and a lot of you partners put us in it. Why, well, Brother Copeland, you, you own a $45 million airplane. Yeah, but you don't know. Actually, this is on a Sunday after he got criticized having another jet, justifying the purchase of his jet. Hmm. On a Sunday, in to church. the congregation. To the congregation. Let me, uh, let me, yes, have another one out. Hold on. Yeah, it's just like. Steve Allen said, "I certainly do." He's my father. Now Steve's black <laughs> and tall. He said, "He's your father." <laughs> he said, "Yeah, don't we look alike?" <laughs> He said, he's my spiritual father. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, he used to do business with us a long time ago. But he don't know more. He done got rich. I'm so close to filthy. 
I'm very close to filthy. This place sound very close to being filthy rich. I started doing business with him because he weren't rich. Wow. I wasn't close to being filthy rich. Mm. He's a Sunday Sunday preaching. Um, <clears throat> biggest house in the state of Louisiana. I have the biggest house of any preacher in America. And I don't mean that arrogantly or pridefully. I have a name in my house, La Maison de Reve, the house of dreams. You like going with the wind? My house has that same staircase that Scarlett O'Hara walked up. Oh, I paid cash for the home. You want to know how big it is? It's 40,000 square foot. Oh, am I shocked. Look at Kathy. Oh, Jesus, we're going to catch it again. It's 40,000 square foot. And, I, and a lot of time, if I go out, I'm just calling. Wow. Who is that? Uh, Jesse Duplantis. Mm. Jesse I got good mates working around these ministries, like good godly people. So how's that justified? How's that? Tell you what, let me play you this clip. This is from a sermon. This is David Wilkerson. So he was the founder of um, Teen Challenge. You know, like the Nicky Cruz story yeah. and going back a bit. And he talks about this. So let me see if I can get this to play. They're not going to be complacent anymore. If you truly love the Lord and you love his church, you cannot look honestly at what's happening today. And I'm going to name these reproaches this morning. And if after you hear what I have to say about this reproach, and you can walk out of this church and you can say, well, I, I just stand on, on Matthew, the 18th chapter, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. I'm not going to worry about it. God has everything under control. That's not enough. God uses people. God uses people to perform his work. He doesn't send angels. He talks a little bit more. Let me just play another little bit about the poison has spread. It really so he's talking about this. This isn't our context. He's talking about this. And it alarms me that so many people can hear the tapes and see the videos that are that are coming out of these prosperity conferences and not weep over them and not get the burden for what is happening to the church. This poison is spread all over mm. the world. Cuba's about to open, and they voice. are itching to get in there right now with their prosperity gospel to tell you've been poor enough now, God wants all Cubans to be rich. This past week, I was given a videotape, recently recorded, I think, in, in this past January, in Kenneth Copeland's meetings. And I listened to the speakers... And I was dumbfounded. Folks, you read the New Testament, you'll find Paul the Apostle named those who they, he believed were false prophets. He warned and he named their names. And I'm telling you now, I want to, if you can listen to what I'm about to tell you and not be grieved, then you're blind. You're spiritually blind. You have a hard heart. You know what a hard heart is in Hebrew? A heart with a shield on it. So that the gospel, the yeah. pure gospel cannot penetrate it. It's been so, the mind has been so uh, saturated with this unbalanced gospel. I think that's the key. I mm. think that word balance, that's the key. Mm. Right. So there is some truth in prosperity, like. Mm. 
Mm. In the Bible, God wants to bless us. Mm. He does. And he He blessed Abraham. And yeah. He, you know, he blessed Job after he'd gone through suffering. I mean, clearly. But you can't build a whole theology out of that. No. Like, like, you know, you can have a theology of healing, but you've got to have a theology of suffering. You can have a theology of wealth, but you've got to have one of poverty. And, yeah. You know, and it's not... A, like, <clears throat> if you tackle this and say, well, you've got a poverty spirit or it's friendly fire, you're attacking us. And yeah. not it's because you lost balance. You've gone so far down one track. Yeah. I mean, to get to a point where you're boasting about how many jets you've got on the front yeah. of a church that's full of poor people, it's like, yeah. what? But they would actually believe it. Yeah. I don't doubt they really believe it. I don't doubt their sincerity. And I know I know that a couple of my mates who work in these ministries are going to hear this podcast. It'll be really cross with me, you know, they're going to think it's friendly fire. But it's it's not. It's just a conversation. Because mm. I, I find it hard to understand. Mm. I just genuinely find it hard to understand. I don't I don't get it when I spend my life amongst people who are just smashed to pieces. And, mm. and they would say maybe, well... Because your theology's wrong. If you had our theology, you'd have millions of pounds pouring into the ministry. You could uplift the whole area. Mm. Or maybe I've got the blind spot. Mm. But I think where the problem comes is when it feels boastful from the front. Mm. You're boasting in the things that you've got. Mm. And you're living such a lavish lifestyle. But that is, that's what the model's based around. It's modelled on the success I've got, the blessings I've got can be yours. So yeah, so I almost... know some super rich people who live incredibly humbly, like you wouldn't know they're yeah, super of rich. And their money is going out, 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 out. They're yeah, like, I don't need a big house. Yeah. But they're still super rich. Yeah. And they've been blessed, they know it. Yeah. But they use but to their then money teach well. and influence others from that position of, I've got this because God's blessed me and this is how. Yeah. Like that. It's, yeah, I, it just, it's just terribly misleading, isn't it? And and I think control like when we lived in Brazil, it was so controlling of poor communities that are ravaged by you know poverty and illness and yeah. the, the lack of ability to access care and support and all the things that money can bring. Yeah. The church, in some instances, sitting there saying, "You can be like us, but you got to give, and what you give will be multiplied back." And that's terrible to see that sort of control over. Such broken people already. Yeah, yeah I agree. it's brutal, mate. And it's a very different model to when we got Edge Ministries. And mm. It's a complete difference. Yeah, and I, and I do think if for Christians, it's got a grievous. Like that's why I like listening to David Wilkerson because it's like you could hear in his voice. It's like he was grieved by it. Like it broke his heart to see mm. how they were operating. Some verses I love reading in Proverbs. Proverbs 16, all a person's ways seem right to him, but the Lord weighs motives. Yeah, well, I in your that. heart, man. The Lord's got scales. That's why I said, like, guard your heart above all else. It's yeah. the worst thing alive, you know. God knows your heart. He sees it. Mm. Yeah, he sees all. Yeah. I was talking to Karen about this the other morning, my mm. wife, how I think faith is proven in the tough times and... You know, when you're just humbly and diligently trying to serve the Lord, you know, and you're not seeking your own gain or fame or position and yeah. you're using the money, you, whatever you got, yeah. as best as possible and you're not seeking to be blessed. You're just trying to live an honest, decent, narrow path life, mm. live simply and humbly. I think the Lord sees that and he, he blesses you in other ways. Mm. Like, 
I put a picture of me and my new granddaughter up on yeah, yeah. socials. Emily was over with August uh, yesterday. Just a picture of me and her. And someone replied on Twitter, meant, you're not a Christian. You meant you're truly blessed. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, I am actually. I've got mm. all I need. Mm. I remember when um, I was sitting around a dining table many years ago before Karen and I had kids. And... Um, this person was talking about this multi multi millionaire, one of the wealthiest people in the UK, connected into their family, yeah. and they were saying, "Oh, we got this hot air balloon trip. Then they're taking us out to Paris. We're staying in the Ritz, and they've just bought us a car and a brand new bag and lots of Wi-Fi system." And and uh, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm on like three grand a year as a trainee pastor. Mm. I've spent all my savings. I'm working on one of the poorest estates in Essex. I've got nothing, and they were so tone deaf. Mm. And this little inner voice said to me, I've blessed you in other ways, son. Mm. And uh, when we got in a car, it said it was an old car and all. It's a really old Ford Escort estate falling apart. Yeah. Karen got in and I said, uh, oh, I was feeling like, felt that was really hard. I said, but I feel God spoke to me. And she came and looked at me and she went, did he say he's going to bless you in other ways? And I went, yeah. She said, I had exactly the same thing. Hmm. I felt this really strong whisper from the Holy Spirit. Mm. Two days later, Karen told me she was pregnant. Wow. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, like what is true wealth? Like it's my treasure in heaven. It's the thousands and thousands of men and women that have heard the gospel and got saved. It's my kids. It's now my granddaughter, you know, like this precious... You know, the investment of life into your family and I've got a granddaughter. I don't need a chuffing jet. You seen that? And I've got a Skoda, I'm happy. Yeah. You seen that Bob Marley interview where someone says to him, You're a rich man? And he was like, How do you define rich? And the oh, guy was yeah, like, he's uh, good, that. He don't make Possessions. And he went, you, you define wealth by possessions. And the bloke was like, Oh. Yeah, yeah that's a good <laughs> clip, isn't it? It's like, yeah, just living my life. Yeah. Loving my family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got well, this little habit. I did a TikTok on it. I did got this little habit at the end of my day. I didn't do it intentionally, it just all happened. And now the kids are left and everything, yeah, empty yeah. nested. I've got an armchair I sit in, I like it, because when my body's aching from Parkinson's and that, I just tend mm. to sit back and chair. Karen goes up first and we put the dog out and yeah. Karen goes up, the dog runs to his bed. And I sit quiet. Might have a light off, might be on. I just I just still my head and mm. my heart. Mm. I've been doing it a long time now. And I think about the things I'm grateful for. Mm. Even on a bad day when I'm hurting, I'm like, yeah, what am I grateful for? And I think about the good things that happened that day, then I go to bed. And it keeps my head straight, man. Yeah, that's it, mate. Simple things. In a simple little living room, yeah. I ain't got much. Yeah. But I'm, I'm happy. Dark, I'm happy. And you can't put a price on that. I'm happy and I'm helping people. And I love my God. I've got my family and that's my mates. That's it, mate. I don't, and this no, teaching, what this teaching does, it mm. cuts across all of that. Yeah, yeah, And it yeah. makes you want and want and want. Yeah. And nothing does it. And mm. the Lord diminishing returns. I want a better car, mm. better telly, more gadgets, more toys, yeah. better holidays, better teeth. Like, no. what? And then you die. Yeah. 